No. That's not it. Ah. There we go. They didn't ask us. Was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Crowder and John Mueller. Welcome back, all you cool cat and second kittens. What? <laughs> oh my goodness. What a weird feed line to open the pod. Uh, uh, man, they should have hired <laughs> us when writing the scripts for this uh, Tiger King. Uh, see, I, I don't know. I have really zero desire to, to get into that. But yeah. I also have, like, a lot of the, the super popular Netflix things that come out of nowhere, like um, uh, Bird Box, Cheer... Yeah, and this is this is the one that gets a lot of people is uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. I have I have no desire really to get into these these out of nowhere Netflix fads. So well, that... I mean I can't crap on it because I haven't seen it. But well, that Carol Baskin. She's whoa crazy. whoa whoa! This is a family podcast, Jay. <laughs> it's, real, it's really weird that you're the one that did that and not me. Oh uh, no! Welcome so, back to another to episode say... <laughs> of They Didn't Ask Us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I got everybody's attention just then. That's the truth. No, everybody's like, what? This is not... Jay is not in character today. Carol Baskin, who is she? She is very mean if she upset Jay like that. (laughs) Yes, if you guys haven't seen Tiger King... You know, this is kind of a weird thing to say. I don't recommend it, but... You recommend it? gracious, if you want (laughs) some very interesting television to watch then by all means check it out it is crazy it's on netflix so you don't have to go anywhere to watch it well that's good because uh you can't go anywhere to watch anything you can't go anywhere to do anything that's fair it was really weird it was very surreal for me at work this week i guess be last week now um when when the pod releases um i actually got a letter in my email from my cfo saying hey put this in your car drive around with it in case someone ever stops you so you can say hey you know this is john he is deemed an essential worker due to his role at a financial institution and that was a it was a really weird moment for me personally because i was like that's like i would have never thought we would get to that point it's like your hall pass yeah no it, it really is cop pulls you over you can say hey look at this i got my hall pass i can I'm be out here to, right now the teacher said i could go to the bathroom <laughs> oh, sorry, sir. I didn't realize you were so important. Keep, go- keep Carry on. Carry on. First up, we do have the news. Well, I guess before we get into that, I hope everybody's doing okay. Hope everybody's staying well. It's been a weird... I guess it's only been a week since we were with you last, so it's been a strange week. Yeah, March was a really long year. <laughs> yes, it was, wasn't it? I saw a really funny post. It said, I have lived through five decades at this point. And they're like the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and March. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse. Yay. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be great because you can listen to us. It's true. I mean, you could probably listen to... I mean, you could start at episode one and get current every day. You could. For now. And then eventually we're going to have, you know, too much content to do that. We might have two days worth of content coming up here soon. We might. There's there's so many possibilities. I don't know. You staying, you're staying well. Getting over I, your cold. I am. Yeah. I. This is the best. Yesterday especially was the best that I have felt in probably close to three weeks. It was really weird. Like, I was the first person at work. I was in an uncharacteristically positive mood. It was, it was a really interesting day. So... <laughs> I'm I'm ready for a week of being on call, so living that no alarm life, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's 
Very strange. I think I, I mentioned last week, like most of my clients don't wake up till about 11 o'clock anyway. So my mornings are completely free. I mean, you know, depending, but it, it is, it is strange. It's very odd. It's, it, uh, I'm getting used to it though. Slowly but surely, I'm like, okay, this is the new normal. Yeah, and then eventually it's not going to be, and it's going to be a, a pretty harsh adjustment. Let's jump into maybe a little bit lighter news, although at the same time, our news this week is a little bit darker. So let's start with the darker stuff first. This first story I read, and uh, it was from Variety, so I, I made sure to put in quotations, not valid. <laughs> But the study is showing that um, a lot of theaters may be in trouble once people are have gotten the all clear from the CDC. And uh, this is just based on just how the numbers have dropped. But then on top of that, how the numbers have kind of dropped recently anyway. I think this is mainly due to the price. I think most people are, are saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend all this money to go see a movie when I can just wait a few months and stream it. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of friends who work at a local theater uh, down where I live and i mean we've talked to them at at length because we've known them a couple of years so they've said you know the the thing for them like ticket prices are kind of basically mandated by studios so that's not on them um and then obviously concessions are going to be their profit margin so when we go to that theater especially like yeah we'll we'll obviously pay for the tickets but you know we're going to be more likely to get concessions because we understand that's what keeps them in business and i mean we're at a point now when we can be like you know we're we're all about buy local stay local support local businesses so i mean that's just something to keep in the back of your mind when we get back to a point when we can go see a movie try to you know maybe budget out a little bit for a for a movie night or a movie day you know maybe catch a matinee or something but yeah that's it's definitely a danger to be aware of because i mean i'm sure they're not the only industry like that but it's it's kind of unprecedented it is um a lot of these quote-unquote non-essential businesses you know they're really suffering right now um so yeah you're absolutely right john we need to remember that once we are allowed to leave our small holes and go out into the world like we really do need to uh remember that you know some of these businesses may have had some hard hits and so we, you know, we can be the ones to support them. On top of that, AMC Theaters, that's kind of one of the big guys as far as the uh, theater industry goes, uh, the movie industry. And they are actually in a little bit of a pickle right now. They actually could possibly be shutting down soon just because of the lack of money coming in they were already really struggling to begin with and they might actually be going under which is pretty upsetting mm -hmm. just looking at the you know i don't know i kind of look at it as like i mean it's not i know it's not the same at all but i kind of think of like the way disney's bought everything out it's going to be to the point where regal is going to be like the only theater or let's say what's another big one I think they're mostly region-based, so Regal's probably the biggest one in, in our region. And, I mean, as a as a Knoxville native, you know, I always kind of root for Regal casually, because that's where they're based out of. But, uh, I mean, competition is, is very... Like, inside of a market, competition is consumer-friendly, theoretically. So, um, if it ever gets to a point where it's monopolized, like, that's kind of a problem. But, I don't know. I It's... I don't know. It's a really weird place to be economically, which is not our, uh, you know, target market for the pod. No. So 
Let's uh, let's just move the train along. I'm being a kind of a downer this morning. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you know, it's good to keep us all informed, you know, because we it is important for all of us. We are all nerds that listen to this podcast, and we all appreciate our content that comes out. And so in order for us to continue to get our content, it's important for us to remember to support them. But our summers are about to get a, a, a little more boring, I think, uh, because... For now, lots of things have been pushed back to next year. Uh, pretty much all of the Sony products, with the exception of No Time to Die, has been pushed back to next year. And even this that was pushed back. Hit. Even that was pushed back to probably late November at the earliest. Yeah, early November is what they're saying for No Time to Die. But like Morbius, and uh, there was also a scheduled release of a movie of Uncharted. Uh, but all of that. Oh, and Ghostbusters as well. That's all been pushed back to next year. Um, mm. But then at the same time, there's also a few movies that were going to be coming out next year that have kind of been pushed back to 2022 just because of they can't start production yet. So one of those big ones was uh, Jurassic World Dominion. It's still they're still promising that it's going to come out in June, but there's a big possibility that it could be pushed back to a uh, 2022 sorry and i meant june of next year i mean it's just something to to realize is on the table because 2021 doesn't sound like a real year yet so 2022 sounds like oh yeah that's when uh what is it? it's a mulaney joke he's like yeah that's when jonathan taylor thomas is president like he's just like it's just making stuff up so um just the realization that that's a real year is actually kind of odd to me yeah at this point we just need to get through april gosh yeah april's gonna be i mean we're we're a couple of days in already and they uh dragged so (laughs) well just the last bit of bad news that i'll say for today so don't don't turn off the podcast yet i know you're at this point feeling kind of down it's the last little bit of bad news and then we'll move on to some happier news the last bit of bad news is that all of these marvel movies that were scheduled to come out this year Uh, And also next year, they've all been kind of pushed back like a whole year almost. So we're not going to get, almost said Scarlet Witch, we're not going to get Black Widow until later, much later this year. Uh, And then Eternals is not going to come out until next year. Has the the impact on the Disney Plus show releases been released yet? Or are they still scheduled to come out? So far, they haven't said that there's been any kind of delay. Okay. Because I know that, like, even Mandalorian, like, they had already started filming a lot of it. So it could be that, you know, maybe they'll release some of the episodes and then maybe almost have, like, a break and then come back, like, a few months later, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Well, and speaking speaking of Disney+, Plus, that's, like, the one good news so far is we reviewed Onward not too long ago, and it is uh, now available to stream free on Disney+. Plus. Yay! So if you, uh hadn't seen that and wanted to you know listen to the pod because we're i mean we're a pretty spoiler heavy pod so if you wanted to to listen to our episode having seen the movie uh, if you have disney plus you now have that capability perfect so watch onward and then you can listen to our episode fantastic that will give you something to do that'll take up a good like two hours four hours oh yeah well including the episode yeah yeah, definitely. And then the last little bit of really good news that we have is uh, there's some really good speculation, some rumors spreading around that Disney might be 
re-releasing or, or revamping the X-Men animated series uh, because you can now on your profile you can choose different characters to be your profile picture on Disney Plus and right now you can use the characters from the animated series so there's rumor that and they don't look like they did back when we were kids they they've been kind of updated and they look really good and so there's a rumor that they might be redoing that whole series so speaking of of revamping an animated series do you think that's something that you could do while people are like shelter in place like do an animated thing you know that's a good question because if you if you have your your cast done you could just send the scripts out and record it remotely and then have the animators do their thing so like theoretically do you think this could be kind of a kind of a boon to maybe the the animation industry it could it very well could that's actually i hadn't thought about that I hadn't either uh, until you that, started talking about that. Well, that makes a lot of sense because you're right. Like a lot of that is done remotely anyway. They just send it over. So yeah, could totally happen. Oh, that's fingers crossed for maybe some good news coming up. I hadn't thought about that yet. So that's, that's pretty exciting. What's some more good news. We just started a new rumor. We did. You heard it here first. Yes. They didn't ask us. Oh man. So, uh. What are we now? One one more episode of Clone Wars, or oh wait, that's right. They went and picked up the spice. Spoiler alert: They went and picked up the spice. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forgot we didn't talk about that episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's when things start to get interesting. I enjoyed that actually. Yeah. So Clone Wars, we've had two episodes. Both of them have had to do with Ahsoka and her new friends. Um, can't remember their names at all, but there's... They are the Martez sisters, Rafa and Trace. And it starts out with, they have a job and they need a ship. Well, it turns out that the youngest sister has a ship. The Silver Angel. Really cheesy Star Wars name for a ship. But it was done so deliberately, like it was enjoyable to me. She made it cheesy on purpose. Definitely. So they go off to do this job. It's promising a lot of money. What are they doing? They don't really know yet. They haven't been given the full story. Ahsoka has her doubts about it, of course, because she's a Jedi and she probably has a feeling about it. And then they go to pick up the spice and Ahsoka is like, you know, this is... Spice can be used as a lifesaver, but at the same time, it's mainly used for drugs and things that really hurt people. So she's like, this doesn't need to be done. And they argue about it. And then finally, what was the younger sister's name again? Trace. Says, okay, well, I'll just dump all this spice as we're flying through oh space. Gosh. And which was really dumb because now they have nothing to deliver to this uh, crime drug syndicate. cartel, basically. The, the Pikes. And so they arrive empty handed and then, of course, they get caught and arrested. And then the next episode bothered me. Did it bother it, you? In what sense? That it began in a cell. They get out of the cell, they run around town, and then they get put back into the cell. I did find it odd, but I figured it would be explained in the next episode, because, I mean, to to break out of the cell initially, Ahsoka uses her force ability to just hit the button, which is a very unsecure lock. <laughs> so I figured there would be, like, guards or something outside of it now, whereas before there were not. But when they, they opened another door, 
while they were running around the little prison area. Was that Hondo? It didn't sound like Hondo. Okay, because I couldn't tell, because he, he looks different when he's in Clone Wars versus when he appears in Rebels, so I couldn't tell if he would be kind of like an in-between right now, or if that was just a different character of his species. Yeah, I think it was the same species, but I don't think it was Hondo. That character looked, uh, well, sounded different. It wasn't the same voice actor. But yeah, and the only other thing that really happened in that episode that was like, I guess noteworthy, was she bumps into some people in some masks, and they've got something going on. Jay, those aren't aren't just masks. Those are Mandalorian helmets. Were they Mandalorian? They are Mandalorian helmets. See, I couldn't tell, because they also had hoods. Yes, they had hoods covered, presumably covering the rest of their armor. Okay. Um, but the, they have the little thing that they flip down, oh, right. That's which, right. They did which have that. I had never seen Boba do. So I thought it was just like an antenna for like their, their HUD, but they flip it down to zoom in and see like, oh, this is the Jedi that I saw on some planet that I forgot the name of. So they're aware of who she is. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays into the rest of like the the grander scheme uh at work so see that's what i was trying to i guess connect the dots because i I, i'm one of those people i like to kind of think ahead to try to predict what's going to happen yeah i'm i'm really hoping it's like some type of because i don't remember where death watch is in this in this era of clone wars because i figure this is when maul is still in charge of the planet so maybe those are like darth maul emissaries they're trying to do something against the pikes because they're like rival criminal empires now so i i'm excited for this next episode because i mean anytime mandalorians are involved you have my attention the plot thickens and yes the mandalorians are really cool so anytime you involve them you know something crazy is going to happen i tell you what and when it was just the one i was like what if that's sabine i was like that'd be a really cool crossover episode that but would be then uh, I mean, the colors didn't match, and then there were multiple, so I was like, obviously that can't be Sabine. Because if it had also, been like, what? if it had been like the crew of the Ghost rescued Ahsoka initially, that would have been a really, really cool moment to establish what would happen in the future in Rebels. Huh. So maybe that's something that could happen like before the end of this season to try to establish that but uh in the event it doesn't you know that's a really cool what if for me personally so what do you think how many years do you think pass between where we are now in clone wars and then where they are with rebels i don't know i don't know how ahsoka's species necessarily shows age show so her like uh tentacle things head head tentacles whatever they are their dress almost yeah um they're much longer in rebels so i mean i would say a number of years but until a a mutual character is introduced it's really hard to say it is hard to say because you mentioned sabine and i was like well i'm not sure if sabine is like a little bitty kid right now because i know in rebels um like everybody kind of calls them kids yeah her and ezra i don't know i'll be interested to see where it goes they've got my attention now basically Definitely. The first few episodes, I was honestly just kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. But now they're they, they're getting my attention more. Except it did bother me that they get out of the cell, they run around town, and then they get put back. And I'm like, well, that was pointless. So basically, the whole episode you could just skip because you could. It starts and ends in the same place. Uh huh. Yeah, there was no progress except for bumping into the Mandalorians, and that was pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, that is kind of bothersome. But overall, you still in um, still happy with the season? 
I'm still 100% on board. It's, Me too. I mean, it, it's kind of echoing The Mandalorian in that sense. Like, every episode can't be a winner. So there are some that are going to be kind of slower, plot-driven episodes, and there are some that are going to be like, yeah, this is what I signed up for. So I'm still still hopeful that there are some of those episodes left. The, like, marquee, these are what you tell your friends about episodes. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You know, John, I think it's safe to say that you and I love video games. I, you know, I would say that's true. But do video games get old sometimes? I guess you could say that they do every now and again. You know, sometimes I really enjoy just a good old-fashioned board game or card game. I really do, too. I love going to uh, board game nights with my friends, so just, like, hanging out the environment that that builds. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Personally, I'm a big fan of Risk and Settlers of Catan. So, uh, why do you uh, why do you bring that up, Jay? Well, you know what, John? I'm glad you asked. There is a community on the internet that is strengthening community through board gaming oh man that's really cool it is and they have a podcast called meeple town and can be listened to on all major podcasting sites oh man i wish they had a website too well john you are in luck my friend because they do they have facebook.com slash meeple town games and they have meeple town games.com what now back to the show we love video games we do and i actually played a video game with you last night we d- we did and it was fun it was i and feel like i was not a good teacher though i, I actually too... you helped out so much i was still so goal oriented i wanted us to do well well i just so you know i played again this morning okay just to see what i could remember and i walked away with six hundred thirty six thousand dollars with the loot thing. Nice. So I felt pretty accomplished. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's not bad at all. That's not, that's definitely not. And at one point I had a pretty big bounty on me. Ooh, I don't, I don't ever like those. No. Especially like a, when I get a bounty in Warzone, I definitely try to just like get on a vehicle and drive away. Cause my typically, partner, typically bounties mean that the people hunting you are pretty close. And my, my partner was not great. He wouldn't talk to me, but he he healed me a few times, and I, I got his back a few times, so it was good. Yeah, nice. Anyway, but the reason why I bring that up is because today we actually, our topic was given to us by a listener. I do enjoy these. I do enjoy listener suggestions. Well, he's a big fan of the show. He's actually written us before, uh, which I really appreciate, but I was really excited because he gave us a fantastic idea. So I thought I would read his email first. Our listener writes, Hey guys, I recently introduced my son to Mario Kart 64, and he's hooked. First off, you win the dad award for introducing your son to the Nintendo 64. What are some of your favorite Nintendo 64 slash PlayStation 1 games? Even better, what are some of your favorite NES, SNES, and early generation Game Boy games? Thanks. So... That's a thinker. Thank you very much for the email. Uh, we hope that you guys will keep sending us some emails and some suggestions. But that leads us into our topic for today. We are actually going to go through majority of the older generations up into the new generations. And we're going to talk about our two favorite games from each console. So it's a daunting task. 
John actually found it a little difficult. I did, which as the as the more game focused of the two of us is fairly embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but my my gaming history is with the more recent consoles, so I didn't have a whole lot of experience until the uh, the original Xbox PS2 generation. So I dabbled a little bit um, in some of the earlier ones, specifically like the the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and N64, but. A lot of the ones outside of that, I am by no means an expert on. It's okay. I can make up for it. Excellent. I was lucky. My cousins actually had the older systems, and they were just kind of hand-me-downs. Eight, nine years old, playing some of these older systems, and I loved them. They were fantastic. Um, So I've got a lot of really good memories with these older systems. Um, So when my son got a Switch for Christmas one year, and then... They were re-releasing some of these older generation games. I was pumped. I was like, yes, reliving my childhood right here. So I will go ahead and kick us off then. Um, We're going to start out with the Nintendo Entertainment System, or the NES. Um, My top two video games from that era, which was actually kind of hard because that that really was my first gaming system, and I had lots of different games. But probably my two favorites were Super Mario Brothers 3 and Castlevania. Ooh, which, just the, the original Castlevania? Yep. Excellent. And actually, I have to admit, that's the I think that's the only one I've played, is the first one, the original hmm, one. Interesting. Yeah. It's a fairly storied franchise. It is, and it's actually got a series on Netflix now, too. Really? It does. That's... I haven't watched it at all. It looks a little... Dark? Well, it looks a little out of my comfort zone. I don't that, know what the right fair. word would be not the kind of thing i would watch yeah that's fair i actually couldn't so this is a a console that i don't have a whole lot of experience with and i was super uncomfortable putting something uh based on reputation so i am electing to uh defer to your uh, more informed judgment now next up is the super nintendo entertainment system or the snes or the snes bless you um <laughs> there is my two favorite games from that one are super mario world um i don't know if this was the first one to introduce yoshi but this was the one that i think lots of people remember from because it was re-released on the game boy advance um and it was the one where you know like you could get a feather and then you had a cape and you could like fly through the whole level bounce fly i don't know it was very interesting but it was really cool and it was just it was new it was interesting and of course at the time when i saw it i was like wow these graphics are so much better than they were in the old one (laughs) but then the second game that to me is still to this day one of the best games i've ever played is zelda a link to the past it was so good i loved that game with all my heart it was it just it changed it really changed the zelda genre forever because the first two were just you know they were very basic Mm -hmm. um the second one was actually a side scroller which Mm -hmm. was uh very different from the original one where it was more it wasn't three-dimensional exactly but you you know you went north south east and west so it was a little bit different but i I loved a link to the past i will say not the last time zelda appears on this list so definitely teaser not. teaser going forward definitely not well was this one that you were familiar with no my my experience really does not begin until the n64 frustratingly that's okay wah, wah. yeah i feel i feel game shame <laughs> we still love you john 
Oh, thanks. All right, next up is the Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis, for me, top two would definitely be Sonic 2. This introduced Tails. Also, just kind of, I feel like, was the peak of the Sonic games. Loved it a lot. I actually have it on my phone right now because you can download the app off of the uh, any of your app stores that you may use. Um, it is free. And... Uh, Pull that up, play it any time. But then the second one from the Sega Genesis that I loved was Earthworm Jim. Really? Yes. Hmm. Loved that game. It was weird. Super weird. But I don't know why. It was just super fun. <laughs> so I actually do have, I can't remember now if it was um, Genesis or Dreamcast, but I have a very specific Sega memory. So I was at a, it was the first sleepover that I went to at my friend's house. Um, I was in like first grade and um, obviously, so we played a NBA jam and obviously he was way better than me because he owned the game. So we got to a point eventually we would just inbound the ball and try to make full court shots every time. And we <laughs> never did. And we did that until it was really late at the time. We did that until like one in the morning. And yeah. when you're, when you're that young, that is like, man, we stayed up all night. And I was like, no, it was only, it was only one in the morning. So, <laughs> Um, looking back, that was a really fun, a really fun memory. Just, just trying to, trying to do that. Sleepovers and video games. It just, they go hand in hand and junk food. Always. That's like the, the trifecta. I would say the little kid trifecta, but that's what I still do to this day. (laughs) It's still your trifecta. Things have not changed much. That is, that is my triforce. Okay. So next up I've got the Game Boy Color. Now Game Boy Color to me was one of my favorite systems I think that I ever played. Um, and the Game Boy Advance, um, I think they kind of went, because I, I loved that on the Game Boy Advance, uh, see, the only difference, really, for those who may not know, really, the only difference between the two was the Game Boy Advance was wider, so the screen was slightly bigger. Of course, in our eyes, as a young kid, it was like a high-definition TV screen. And then there were also, there was a R. Um, there were paddles. Yeah, paddles. Thank you. Or triggers, uh, I guess, more accurately. There was a right trigger and a left trigger. So that was really the only difference. But what was cool is that you could play your Game Boy Color games on the Game Boy Advance. So that was always a nice feature. I would like to give a special shout out to the uh, Game Boy Advance SP, the one that flips. The one, and had, yeah. a, had adjustable brightness. So for those car trips, I remember, you know, when you're playing through the day, you have the brightness up so you can see. And then when you're playing at night, you have the brightness down so you don't uh, blind yourself. That's right. Because um, we were a we were a road trip family growing up. And uh, eventually uh, my, my parents finally caved and confessed that video games were not from the devil. So... We were able to to start acquiring consoles, and uh, yeah, I actually I actually still have my Game Boy Color. I know exactly what it's in my garage right now, and I know exactly what game is in it. I have um, because I'm the same way. I actually have my Game Boy Advance in my sock drawer right now, and it's actually got Pokemon Red Edition in it, like the the OG Red or Fire Red. Yeah, yeah, the old one. Nice. The original one. Still have my original file with all 151 Pokemon. You were able... I was never able to get all 151 because of the um, game exclusives. I had had friends that I was able to trade with. Lucky. I never had friends. Well, for Pokemon... Sorry. For Game Boy Color, first up I have Wario Wario Land 3, which I think for most people might be like a what? I never played that. It was one of those that was like, I just randomly got for like Christmas or my birthday or something like that, um, just out of a, we don't know what to get you, so here's a game. Yeah. Um, 
but I loved it. It was actually a lot of fun. Uh, it was very different, but it was very, very cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was one of those that I kind of how I decided what games to choose were the games that I went back to like over and over and over again and just kept revisiting. And that was one that I played through multiple times. And then the, the next one for Game Boy Color, hands down, I think to this day, I consider it to be the best sequel of any game, and that's Pokemon Silver. See, I was going to say the the game that I have in my Game Boy Color right now is Pokemon Crystal. Ah, yes. So it is the same generation, but it is obviously a separate game. Yes. I am not going to call it the greatest sequel, though. I have uh, two that I would call better than that coming up later. So, I'll be interested to hear what it is. So, obviously, um, Pokemon Gen 2 how I will how I will describe it uh, is going to be one of mine. And then uh, it's not truly a Game Boy Color game, um, but in terms of, you know, the, the broad impact that it had, uh, Tetris. Okay, yeah. So Tetris was released for the original gray brick Game Boy, that really, really big one. Um, and I think it's supposed to be one of the best-selling games of all time. It and still is to this day. As, as an adult, uh, Tetris, it really teaches you life lessons. In the sense of, like, when you're moving, it teaches you how to pack a truck. So, <laughs> yes. like, if, yes, you, if, you're, if you consider yourself a good, like, a good Tetris player, you're probably better at packing because you understand space better. So, it's a really unexpected life lesson to learn from, from Tetris. Uh, but I genuinely do feel like that's true. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, Tetris was a good one, though. It it was one of those that you could pick up at any point Mm -hmm. and and just, you know, because it's a puzzle game. Yeah, I know that's still like a huge seller today. I know they were released it, released some sort of Tetris on PlayStation, and it was like this huge deal. People were very excited about it. Well, are you good to move on to Game Boy Advance? Potentially. Um, The the tricky thing with that is. I didn't really get a whole lot of Game Boy Advance games because I was still uh, playing through my my Pokemon Red and Pokemon Crystal. So, um, short of just other Pokemon games, I'm not 100% sure what I would say. Well, mine, for Game Boy Advance, I went ahead and put... They re-released Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance. What a cop-out. You already used that one. Well, hold on. The Game Boy Advance version... don't, Don't freak out on me just yet. The Game Boy Advance version also had four swords. Okay, that, that and counts. I I liked four swords because you had to play with your friends. It was a game that forced you, like you couldn't play through by yourself. You had to play with other people, and I actually really liked that. So everybody had a different color. I think it was green, red, blue, and purple. I think were the colors, and you would play through with all four people it was fun a lot of fun but then the to me it was also a really good uh sequel was metroid fusion okay um metroid fusion was actually my second metroid game to play uh i played the first one too and i I mean i liked it i enjoyed it but it was not my favorite but metroid fusion i don't know what it was about that one but it was just it was really cool and i think part of it was that Samus or Samus, however you say it. I say Samus. What I do you say? Sam- Samus. Okay. That character. He, <laughs> she. <laughs> potato, <rather>. potato. <laughs> right. 
you got different suits along the way. And so they changed in color. They changed in um, like the effects that they had on her. And I, th- I don't know if, if it was completely, but I think it may have been the first game that revealed that... She was a she? Most people thought that Salmas was a he, but it turns out that it was a girl the whole time. I don't know if that was the one that revealed it, but I remember that that was the one that revealed it to me. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. So yeah, Game Boy Advance. That, to me, that was a really good system. I liked that one a lot. The, the versatility of it that you mentioned, still being able to play the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, I feel like definitely sets it apart. Consoles that have backwards compatibility are always ranked above consoles that don't, in my personal opinion. I agree. Nintendo's always been good with that, though. They've always been good with the backwards compatibility, except for, uh, well, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> so now we're moving into the fifth generation. So fifth generation, for those who uh, may not be as nerdy as us, would be Nintendo 64 and PlayStation. Those were the two biggest consoles. There are lots of others, but those are the two that we're going to focus on. Would you like to go first for this one? Uh, I will go first for N64, because I have two what I I would consider pretty well-defined opinions. First, for me, is going to be uh, GoldenEye. So it is really like the OG... Uh, first-person shooter game, one of the most impactful games to really establish the genre as a whole, Um, and it's a genre that's very near and dear to my little gamer heart. So without GoldenEye, I think the genre still happens eventually, but GoldenEye really set the set the standard for what it was at the time plus i i love that movie uh that was the first brosnan james bond i think it's the best brosnan james bond um obviously there's going to be a little inherent bias towards it in that sense and then my second one is uh majora's mask so i feel like that's kind of one of the more maybe not necessarily underrated uh zelda games because i feel like it is rated pretty highly typically but the nature of the masks do different things. You need them in like certain orders. Um, the impact of time on uh, what you can and can't do. Um, plus the, the kind of open world nature of it. I, I love open world games even now. So those are my those are my two. I don't know that I would necessarily call them the best. I'll call them my favorite in 64 games. But with a special shout out to Mario Tennis. Because uh, we played Mario Tennis a lot in college, and I I need to confess that I skipped entirely too many classes to play Mario Tennis. So uh, I'm a I'm Team Boo on Mario Tennis. I'm all about that spin. So that is my those are my two and my uh, special shout out for the N64. That's fantastic. Yes, I agree with you as far as the uh, Golden Eye. My two games that I have were Super Smash Brothers. It was very different. I love the idea of having all these Nintendo All Stars coming together and fighting each other. Just made for a perfect game. And kind of like I said, like. How I picked my games were the games that I went back to and kept playing over and over and over again. That game, no joke, I played it again maybe like less than a year ago. I believe it. I played it. I absolutely believe it. So, um, you know, introduced it to my son and we played each other. It was so much fun. I love that game. But the next, to me, kind of will always be the top Zelda game. You said Majora's Mask, which was interesting, because I, I did really like that one too. But for me, Ocarina of Time. That 
is, in my opinion, the best Zelda game that we will ever have. It was perfect. I loved every second of it. And it was one that I played multiple times. Then it got re-released on GameCube with Master Quest. I played through that. I loved it. Yeah. No, I, I figured that you would expect me to go Ocarina of Time. So Majora's Mask, I feel like I wanted to give a special shout out to. I appreciate it because it was a good game too. Uh, the mask idea was really fun, which kind of extended from Ocarina of Time. Uh, because there was like a mask shop and it featured that same character. And I know there's been debate about it, but I've always considered it to be a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time because you even start out the game with what's called the Hero Shield. And so you just assume that that's a shield that Link got for saving the kingdom. So shout out to both of those games. Now, next up, we have PlayStation. PlayStation, and, and, and you'll... you. For those listening, you might notice that there's some that kind of cross over. So at this particular time, you know, there were a lot of games that were both on, you know, they were cross-platform. They could be on multiple platforms. So one of these for sure is on Nintendo 64 for me. But the two I have, which was very hard to think up because I really didn't play this system all that much, was Crash Bandicoot 3. Uh, which is the one where he time travels. Um, I really liked that one a lot. And then also Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I would say, I would say for me, those are probably same same uh, history with the console. Uh, it is one of the ones I have the least experience with. Um, my my wife actually uh, loves Crash Bandicoot. So when they remastered the uh, the Insane Trilogy, I think it's called. She was like, "Hey, could we, uh, could we, could we get that for your PlayStation Four, and I could play it?" And I was like, "You want to play a video game?" And she was like, "Yeah, like I love Crash Bandicoot, so I feel like that's definitely uh, a shout out for her." Um, and then Tony Hawk, I remember playing it on the N sixty four, but obviously, you know, to me, it does not compare to either Zelda game or GoldenEye. Having it for PlayStation, I feel like, is definitely uh, a good a good shout. They were so much fun, and I never understood any of the tricks. I always just mashed buttons, but I was Me always a... Uh, do you remember who you played as? Because I remember to this day who I played as in Tony Hawk's See, I, I, I can't even remember what character I played. I played as Bucky Lassick every single time. He was the most balanced of it, because I feel like using Tony Hawk is kind of a cheat. Because everyone knows, like, in those if a game is named after a person, they're going to be the best in the game. Like, I feel like that's just kind of how that is. So, he was the best non-Tony Hawk. Was, it, was this it was, also the generation that introduced Resident Evil, the first PlayStation? I think it was. I believe so. So, I feel like there could be a, there could be a shout out there to just the establishment of that um, franchise. But, yeah. Uh, this is another weird John quirk. I've never played a Resident Evil game. I played the first one, and I've also played the fourth one, and that's it. So there, two Resident Evil Two was remastered for PlayStation Four uh, around this time last year, I think, and uh, Resident Evil Three has been remastered for PlayStation Four uh, around this time this year. So. Um, the older games are getting remastered and they are supposed to be, you know, still pretty good. They're just not my, uh, they're not my cup of tea personally. So, you know, I respect them as a franchise, but they're not necessarily for me. Yeah. I feel like they need a, a special shout out cause they're, 
you know, such a long-running franchise. So what's uh what's up now? Well, that that was Generation. F- is that all for Generation Five? That's it for Generation Five. So on to six, which would be GameCube, PS2, Xbox. That's right. Awesome. This is where I feel uh most comfortable. Well, not most comfortable, but I feel like I finally have experience with this generation i had an easier time picking games for this one absolutely i think this was my easiest as far as picking games oh i don't know there were some there are some for later generations that were really really easy for me but i will uh get to them eventually well for playstation 2 is that okay if we start out with that one let's go for it playstation 2 my top are star wars battlefront 2 an excellent beautiful beautiful game and so when they re-released or when they i guess redid battlefront later i immediately bought up the game because i was like well battlefront 2 was amazing so this has got to be even better and then it was terrible Mm -hmm. it had no story mode it had nothing that i loved from battlefront 2 it was very upsetting but battlefront 2 on playstation 2 is fantastic along with Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition Remix. You were a you were a Midnight Club guy? Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. Oh. See, I'm I loved a, customizing all the cars and I oh, did, it was so much fun. I w- I would say I really don't have any loyalty to a specific racing franchise. So like there's a lot of back and forth between like are you a Gran Turismo, are you Forza, are you uh Need for Speed? I would say this is a a later this is the next generation, but my favorite racing game is a uh, burnout revenge no 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 not revenge it's a uh, paradise sorry because again it, it was the first one set in kind of an open world so you would encounter specific races and types of missions and things to do so that's going to be my favorite racing game it is not my favorite uh from any of those consoles so for ps2 this one was tricky for me because i was an xbox guy so uh battlefront 2 definitely is is up there for me um, was this not also the console that had Kingdom Hearts? It did. Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2. So I would I would probably say, I don't really want to try to pick between the two of them because they were both really, really good. So I will just say, uh, cop out and do both of them. Okay. And Battlefront 2. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts I had on here for a little bit, but then I was like, no, 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 no. Dub Edition Remix. Next up, I've got GameCube. GameCube, I've got Super Smash Bros. Melee because it took what was amazing about the first one and just added on top of that, and it was fantastic. In fact, I played that even through college and didn't 100% complete it until maybe two years ago. I was going to say yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it was just yesterday, but yeah, just two years ago, I uh, finally unlocked all the characters. Because It, it was mainly because um, I think it was Mewtwo. Like, you had to play hours upon hours of the multiplayer before you finally unlocked him and so then i like i was just randomly playing one day with somebody i can't even remember and then he just popped up and i was like no way this is awesome and then um wind waker okay legend of zelda wind waker oh you mean you didn't you weren't talking about castlevania wind waker (laughs) definitely not (laughs) If that's a thing. It's not. I'm just being I wouldn't even know. Facetious. So, <laughs> uh, do you have more you want to talk about Wind Waker, or you just want to let it stand on its own? Well, honestly, okay, well, I'll just say, it, um, it style, the artistic style of it changed in Wind Waker. Uh, it went from, I mean, you can't really say realistic, 
but it went to a more cartoonish style for Link. Um, he, you know, he's got really big eyes, and but it was it was cool. I mean, it it was a really fun. It was different. I don't know. It was just very different. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I mean, Melee is gonna be my shout out here. Um. I to this day, it's still my favorite smash brothers game because i feel like the gamecube controller is really really good it didn't have too many characters which i feel like is something you get into uh with later editions of smash brothers so it gets almost like a balancing issue because there's no truly op characters but there are some that are obviously going to be really direct counters to others the map pool is really really good it's just really polished i love i love melee really a lot um and then my second game i i almost wanted to go twilight princess which is really the other end of the the GameCube Zelda spectrum, but I'm gonna go um, my my first I feel like questionable pick is um, the the two Lord of the Rings games. So two oh, tower okay. two towers and Return of the King. Yeah. So they were both in terms of I'm not gonna sit and say they're the best games on that console. I'm gonna say that they're some of my favorite games on that console because the I I don't know. I loved those movies when I was a kid. I still love them now, obviously. But they played very well, at least for my skill level at the time. So they were just really enjoyable. I don't remember if Two Towers had co-op available or not. I think it did. Um, But Return of the King definitely did. And playing through that game with a friend, it was so much fun. Like, I still have a copy of it for uh, Xbox, maybe? I know I have two towers for GameCube, but Return of the King, I think I still have my original Xbox copy of it somewhere. So, um, yeah, those are going to be my my uh, votes for GameCube. With a, a special shout-out for um, 007 Nightfire. I feel like that's a really underrated FPS from that era. Is that the one where he... Does he go to Russia? I'll be honest with you, I don't remember the story mode at all. I mainly remember there's this one multiplayer map when you're at like a winter cabin and there's a cabin at the top of the hill and there's a cabin at the bottom of the hill and there's like a tram system that goes back and forth and there's little like cavernous alleyways that run to the back of the... Fo- it's like a... It's a traditional, you know, three-lane map um, that most FPS have. I just remember that game and you could have every gun in your inventory at once i think if i'm remembering it correctly it wasn't like games now when you can only have two you would like cycle through every gun that you had picked up yeah and it's like all right you know i have a sniper rifle here give me a second i have to find it um (laughs) but i i remember just having really really good memories of of specifically 007 nightfire on that on that map that was that was great and just to go back to your um return of the king gameplay that one was a lot of fun because i liked that later after you had already beaten the game you could go back through it again and you could use any character you wanted so if there was a character that wasn't originally in that part of the movie you could bring that character into that part of the movie yeah which that made it really cool so like you could be in that huge fight uh, you know that huge battle at the end, and be using the hobbits, or you know Frodo or Sam. Like it was that was fun. Now for Xbox, 
I I kind of had a harder time with this one because there wasn't a whole lot that I played on Xbox, but I do remember playing uh, Halo 2, and that game really stood out to me, especially the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And then um, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Oh, okay. Sith Lords? Is that what it was called? Knights of the Old Republic Sith Lords? I think so. I don't know. So I have, I think I'm on record here as I've, I've never played either KOTOR game. Um, but I feel confident doing this. I'm going to say KOTOR 1, based solely on reputation. So uh, that's going to be one of mine. And, I mean, we, we talked, I think we've talked about it previously. I have on my desk right now a disc copy of the original Xbox Knights of the Old Republic that I bought last year. So in 2019, I bought an original Xbox game, and I feel like that is kind of the review in and of itself so far it's like i have that much faith that this game is good Mm -hmm. that i bought like a what would that be like a 16 17 year old game Uh, i bought it above other games because it was still like 20 bucks which is not cheap for a game that old yeah that's pretty crazy so i mean that's that's definitely going to be one of mine um i feel like it definitely shows the reputation that it has definitely um and then like you said halo 2 um you can't really go wrong with it. It was because it was it was the first game I remember that had a the dual wield system. So, um, like you remember specifically, it's multiplayer, but I remember its campaign and its campaign was really really good. So, I mean, when you combine both aspects of that game, yeah, I, Halo Two was a great it was a great game. Well, that is our sixth generation review. Now moving on to the seventh generation which was one that is pretty recent. And actually, a lot of these could really still be played. In fact, uh, I think one of mine specifically for Xbox 360, you can now... Well, actually, let's see. One, two, three. Yeah, three of these that I have on my list, you can actually buy and play right now on... You know, you can buy from your Xbox store or PlayStation store... Uh, and even your Switch. So, uh, for Xbox 360, we'll start with that one. I've got Arkham City and NCAA 14. The last of the NCAA games. Football, by the way, for those that aren't keeping track at home. (laughs) Those are two... Who was the cover artist, or the cover athlete on NCAA 14? Oh, no. Um, It was somebody from... Hold on. I'll just look it up. Okay. So, um, Xbox 360, specifically for me, um, that is probably one of the consoles that I've played the most. So, um, it's actually pretty tricky for me, because there are a lot of games that I put a lot of hours into. So, um, I'm going to go with two console exclusives. Uh, I'm going to say Halo 3, which is my vote of the best Halo game. Um, Reach is good. I feel like Reach now is better than Reach was then. But Halo 3, like if you want the Halo experience, you want Halo 3. And then Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, they were um, console exclusives for the time. The thing that the thing that the moat that sets Left 4 Dead apart for me, um, it only had so it's a zombie survival game when you have a team of four people but you could only play two people on each console. 
So you would have to, like, daisy chain two consoles together. Or I guess they call it system link. Like, it's an actual thing. You're not just daisy chaining them. But you would system link these two consoles together to be able to play four players. And, like, I remember going to my friend's house and playing four-player Left 4 Dead for, like, an entire weekend. Because it's, like, it's different mission sets. And they're pretty long missions by themselves. And just going through, like, an entire game in a weekend with, with, um, three or four of my friends. So that's a, that's a memory that I really have a lot of, a lot of, uh, fondness for. So those are going to be my two, uh, Xbox 360 games. Now the cover of NCAA 14 was a former Michigan quarterback, uh, Denard Robinson. Okay. So let's see, we did Xbox 360. Mm -hmm, We did. So PlayStation 3. Uh, PlayStation 3, I've got Skyrim okay, and solid shout. Red Dead Redemption. Ooh. So I'm going to go uh, Red Dead Redemption, and then I feel guilty trying to pick just one, so can I pick, like, two COD games? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, Modern Warfare 2, and I think Black Ops 2 was... Yeah, Black Ops 2 was that. Those are... Those are the two COD games up until uh, COD 2019 that I put the most hours in by far. So um, solid campaigns, incredible replayability, um, multiplayer, great map sets, great guns. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered actually was released on uh, PlayStation 4 last week. So Modern Warfare 2 is back, baby. <laughs> For the for the PlayStation Four, it is right now a console exclusive. Okay, yeah. Um, Red Dead Redemption was really great. I had never played. It, it was made by Rockstar, which I had never played. Grand Theft Auto. Thank you. Yes, that's their. I had never played that. Their their main franchise. Which I I had never played, so I I wasn't really. You know, I, I didn't know about that. So I played Red Dead Redemption, which was perfect for me because, first off, I love Westerns. And then also just the idea of this open world, which it was. It was it was very, for its time, was pretty massive. I would say even for, even if they did Red Dead now, like if they were to remaster it and release it for, for current generation of consoles which they won't because there's a new generation coming out this year, theoretically. Um, it would still be a really, really good-sized map because it's not like, you know, Grand Theft Auto or like you've talked about, you play Ghost Recon Wildlands when you have, you know, cars and helicopters and planes and stuff. It's like, you have a horse. Right. And, like, you can pay to fast travel places, but, like, if you don't have the economy for that, like, you're riding a horse across the map. So and it's it, it's definitely a good sometimes it would be a long oh my gosh haul. <laughs> I felt like I felt like my butt was starting to hurt from how much this guy was riding this horse. Yes. <laughs> yep. And then of course they also had the uh, downloadable content later. Undead that was nightmare. Undead nightmare. Yeah, and that was so cool. It was actually one that like it it kind of just gave you. It was just a whole new game. 
Like it really wasn't just downloadable content. Like it really was a whole new game that you got to play. It was almost, yeah. it's almost the difference between like DLC in the sense of this is one new mission as opposed to this is like an expansion. Definitely. So I would, I would actually go ahead and give you a shout out for a uh, LA Noir, which is Rockstar's yes. other game. It was uh, the same concept kind of as GTA, but kind of flipped on its head. So LA Noir, you're a 40s era uh, police detective in that in Los Angeles. So there's like real world locations, like you can actually learn the geography of, of the city as it was then um, and solve crimes that would have been, you know, applicable in that era. Um, that was really the first Rockstar game that I got really into was L.A. Noir. So uh, it was interesting to see kind of the, the GTA concept get flipped on its head in that sense. Because GTA, I mean, you famously, like, it's named after a crime. Yeah. So to be playing the cop, I feel like, is an interesting take on it. So I wanted to, to make sure it gets mentioned. But obviously the the crown jewel of Rockstar in this era, in my opinion, is Red Dead Redemption just kind of going off your LA Noir, it got a re-release not too long ago. Yeah, it so. was it, it got remastered. I think it I think it's uh definitive edition got a remaster, so that included all of its additional content whether it was, you know, additional missions or campaigns. I never really got into the extended edition of of it, but yeah, it's it's out there in a pretty good current state. And last up, we have the Wii which was very difficult, only because I really didn't care for it all that much. Um, but I did Mario Kart Wii and Super, or the new Super Mario Brothers. Those were two that I had played and actually really enjoyed. Okay, so I'm going to go with, uh, this is probably the biggest cop-out that you can have for the Wii, but I'm going to say Wii Sports, because it was, it was so much fun. Um, you would to to sit here and like play Wii Sports with like Wii bowling, Wii tennis, Wii golf. Just sit there, um, play the with... game that came with the console. Yes, uh, that's why it's such a cop out answer. But it was it was so much fun because the was fun. the Wii at the time was such a revolutionary um, concept. So it it was a new thing that hadn't been done yet. And uh, Wii Sports, I feel like, was so polished and it played so well that um, just hanging out with your friends, just like, hey, yeah, you know, you want to go bowling? I was like, no, but I'll go Wii bowling. So that was. It doesn't smell bad and you don't have to rent shoes. Those are really the two keys for me uh, with with bowling versus Wii bowling. Um, And then I want to say this is the, the console era that had these games, and I feel like they do deserve a shout out is uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Oh, yeah, you know, I forgot about that. So, I mean, I played them on uh, 360, but they were this era of consoles, and I feel like to not mention them would be a mistake. Which Guitar Hero did you enjoy the most? Three. Okay. See, I was a Guitar Hero 2 fan. I liked the playlist better on Guitar Hero 2. Guitar Hero was always really hard for me um, because I broke a bone in my hand. Oh, so no. I'll hold it up for the camera so playing you can Guitar see Playing Guitar Hero? Uh, no, playing dodgeball, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, so I broke this bone in my hand, 
which means that this... Yes, can, I, can everybody see that? Yes, I, yeah. So I broke the, the pinky <laughs> finger, but inside of the palm of my hand, um, I'll hold it up on the video so you can see it, but obviously at home you can't see it. Um, so it, look how much further out it can go than my regular oh, pinky wow. finger, so it has a lot more range of motion. Um, oh, wow. But when I do that, it aches, like still mm. to this day, and that's been probably like 10 years ago. So... It just, it I feel like that's going to be my thing when I get old. Like, you know how old people are like, yeah, there's a pain in my knee. There's a storm coming. Like, <laughs> that's going to be my thing. Like, oh, you know, my hand aches. There's a storm coming. So um, I could never get really, really good at it because it would physically hurt. But uh, some of my friends, the friends that I would play Left 4 Dead with were just exceptional at Guitar Hero and Rock Band. And also, when you did Rock Band vocals on the easiest difficulty, you could literally just hum and kind of, true. kind of change pitch a little bit and yeah. get like perfect vocals. So yep. that was always really entertaining to see like how bad you could do and still do well according to the game. I was just thinking like the next time that our news, our weatherman is saying something like a storm's coming, I'm just going to text you and say, Hey, how accurate is this? You laugh. Like it's actually happened before already. Like, my hand will just start really aching, and I'm just like, well, I mean, I hope that's nothing, but, you know, sometimes it's... Do you s- sometimes it is your nothing. iced tea and then rock in your chair a little bit and say, well, better call the cows in. Uh, yes, I actually have my, uh, my old wind chime that always goes with the slightest breeze. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a very, it's a very antiquated uh, porch that we have down here. Got my got my overalls and my plaid shirt on. Perfect. That's all you need. Trucker hat and my right. little uh thing of wheat that I have sticking in my mouth. All you need is a three legged dog and somebody to steal your truck and you've got a country song. It's it's true. Have you heard the joke about the three legged dog? No. Three legged dog walks into a bar. Bartender looks at him real funny, and the dog goes, I'm looking for the man who shot my paw. <laughs> oh my goodness. I saw a dog joke yesterday. It's a, what do you call a dog that can do magic? Oh, I know this one, but go ahead. A labracadabrador. <laughs> I was, I was tickled. So that finishes up that console generation. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh generation. We had a lot to say about that one. Oh man. Eighth generation. This is the generation that we're currently in. The ninth generation is being released this holiday season. Um, actually been a lot of YouTube videos up about that recently. But 8th generation is Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. The Nintendo Switch. Um, I am going to... I guess I'll start out with the Switch. The Nintendo Switch. Because I, this was actually... Well, no, that's not true. I was about to say this was my first exposure to the 8th generation. Because... See, for, I played the seventh generation when I was in college, and then, like, as I was leaving college was when the eighth generation was starting to come out, and one thing that happens when you leave college is you don't have any money or free time, so I didn't really get to play a whole lot of stuff. I did get to play some PlayStation 4 for a little bit uh, when I was living with a friend of mine, and then I moved out, and I didn't have another gaming system until the Switch. So Switch, I have Zelda Breath of the Wild, 
and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Just real quick on the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, I like it, but it's got way too big of a just list of characters, too many playable characters. I'm noticing a trend with your Nintendo picks. They're all the same. They're aren't they? Smash Brothers and something else. Yes, <laughs> uh, except for the Wii. I didn't like the Smash Brothers on the Wii, which was that was Brawl, wasn't it? It was. And I did not care for it at all, um, mainly because of the Wii controller. You thought it was weak? It was, yeah, weak, and I was trying to put Wii into weird. It was weird. It works, yeah, it, it works. <laughs> so we both made terrible Wii jokes. We did. Zelda, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm going to I'm gonna talk about that one for just a second, and then we can move on. That game is beautiful. The style is fantastic. Um, there's an Honest trailer, if you ever want to look it up, there's an Honest trailer on YouTube for Zelda Breath of the Wild, and it's probably the most accurate trailer I've seen about a video game. And it's just talking about how finally Nintendo figured out, hey, you know, fans, original fans of the Zelda genre have probably grown up. And so it's probably time that our video game does too. And it's so true. And it's just, I love the mechanics of it. I love, I just love everything about it. It's great. Um, And that is one that I still haven't finished. Yeah. Like there's so much to do. That I don't know if anybody could ever 100% that game. I feel like it's possible, mainly because there are people that it's like, you know what, this is going to be my, like, I have a 9 to 5, but my sole hobby is going to be 100%ing this game. Um, So I've never played Breath of the Wild, but I am 100% confident um, putting it on here based on reputation. So it's going to be one of my uh, votes for the Switch as well. Um, Like you were saying, it's basically like a like a combination of these games that we've said that we love. So like uh, the, the open worldness of a Skyrim or a Red Dead Redemption with the character of, of Link. So it's open world RPG. Um, are you familiar with like uh, with speed running? Yes. So speed running, you can speed run breath of the wild in less than an hour. You can. And beat the main, the main campaign in less than an hour. And that's mind-blowing to me, because like you were saying, this game, was it a, it was a launch title for the Switch, wasn't it? It was, um, and it came out on the Wii U, which I do want to mention, that's one console that we didn't even mention, uh, just because it was so pointless. Yeah, I feel like the, um, the fact that we didn't include it in anything is an indictment of the Wii U. I agree. <laughs> um, but it was released on the Wii U and the Switch at the same time, and it was it was a launch title. And I think for a lot of people, that's the whole reason they bought the Switch, was because I've got to play this game. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, from the very beginning, because you can go... It's kind of like in the same way that um, A Link to the Past was created in a way that like you still had to do the first three dungeons the same way, like in order. But then after that, you were free to go any direction that you wanted. And in the same way, this game does the same thing. You start out on this plateau where you have to do everything in a certain way. 
But then after that, you can literally go in any direction. And so just like John said, if you want to go straight to the main boss and go ahead and try to fight him from the very beginning with nothing on but your, you know, worn out clothes that you get on the plateau, you can completely do that. It's going to be extremely difficult, but you can do that. So that alone is just pretty amazing. And then I'm, I'm really torn on my second one. Um, because I want to say Mario Kart, because Mario Kart on the Switch is such a great experience. It's very polished. It plays very well. There's another, and I feel really bad because I can't remember the name of it, but isn't it like a Super Mario Galaxy? Isn't that yes. the, the Switch uh, game? Well, S- Super Mario... This is really, is up, Ga- this is really no. upsetting that I don't know this, but... It's not Galaxy. Let's see. Because it's the one where you you travel around and try to collect all the stars. Again, I mean, not being a Switch owner, I've watched like I've watched streams of it. I've watched speed runs of it at uh, GDQ. It just it looks so good and it looks like it plays so well that when uh, it is a win at this point um, that Meg and I get a Switch, I feel like it's going to have to be one of those games that we get. Super Mario Odyssey. Odyssey. Okay. Super Mario Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a that really changes that game a lot. Very it? unexpected crossover. No one expected. Hiding in the bushes, somebody comes over. You assassinate you that Koopa. Yeah. It's a me, Mario. And then you just assassinate him. <laughs> it's a me, Ezio. Yes, I know Ezio isn't in Odyssey, but he was the first assassin that I could think of. So it worked. Don't at, good job. Don't at me. Yes, yeah, so the Switch, um, as good as it is, it does have it is very limited. There's not a whole lot that you can do on it. Um, what they've done with the Switch is they've taken a lot of older games and they've just they've worked on the platform so that they can be on the Switch. So like you can play things like Skyrim. Um, I know recently they just released Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast. Yep, they did was, Jedi Outcast, and then they just did uh, Jedi Academy as well. I know so, that's that's definitely been a criticism of the Switch recently is that it's mostly ports of other games and not a whole lot of a lot of uh new or original content. So, I think that's a very valid criticism, but there is I mean there are there are a couple games that you look at and you say, you know, these are basically like Switch essentials in that sense. Um Breath of the Wild, I feel like is definitely one. Uh Mario Kart, Mario Party, those kind of standard Nintendo games. Um, Ultimate Alliance 3 is one that I, I really want to get. I feel like it just kind of vanished. Like not It came it was released to not a whole lot of fanfare, but I remember loving the uh, Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 on the 360. So that's a game I'll probably play eventually. Um, but would you want to jump into uh, one of the other consoles? I would love to. All right. Have at it. So I'm going to hop into the uh, PS4, which is uh, sitting right here to my left. Um, I have put a lot of hours on this console, so uh, it's actually been really hard for me to try to pick just two games. Um, And ultimately, I'm going to pick two games that I have not played, which I don't like doing, but I'm very comfortable doing it for, for these two specifically. So I'm going to pick um, Marvel's Spider-Man, console exclusive to the PS4, uh, was released in 2018, I believe. 
um, and it's just supposed to be a really, really, really good game. Uh, again, open world. Um, you play as Spider-Man. I think there's a, a large cadre of villains that you have to defeat along the way. I'm really excited. Uh, I have a copy of it here. I have a Game of the Year edition I got on Black Friday last year. So I'm really excited to have all of its content available. Um, and then the next game I'm going to say is Uncharted 4. And uh, the reason I waited for Uncharted 4 and I didn't say 1, 2, or 3 is uh, when Uncharted 4 was released, the president, I think it was the president of Xbox, who is widely, reviewed, widely viewed as PlayStation's chief rival, came out and publicly congratulated PlayStation on creating a perfect game. Which, um, I feel like that's, that's really about as high praise as you can get. When that's you're, impressive. When your rival comes out and says, hey, you know, hats off, you did this thing as well as you probably could. Um, that's not something to take lightly. So I think, I think Uncharted 4 is supposed to be the free game on uh, PS Plus for April. And it'll be available for download next week. Uh, I'm really, really excited to get my hands on it. Well, my games um, that I have for PlayStation 4 are actually... I'm going to carry that over. And because they're both on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, and they're actually older games. So I've actually got Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain. Um, that was a really good open world game. I didn't care much for the storyline, uh, but the missions that you had and just the customization that you could do was really good. And the boxes I fully that you enjoyed. could hide in. <laughs> the box, yes. Although I never used them, <laughs> I will admit I never used the boxes, just because I felt I felt like that was cheating. I did. It was a very good game. Um, and then the other one that I really enjoyed was uh, Arkham Knight. I went ahead and put that one down as well. I didn't care too much for the Batmobile part of it, but having that large of an open world for Batman was really stinking cool. I loved the fact that you had this just giant city that you could roam around with Batman, and that was a lot of fun. It had a lot of really good fighting, and then at the same time you had a lot of detective work that you had to do detective work i don't know how many detectives actually have an x-ray vision i've, I've always thought detective mode is such a cheat because it's like <laughs> it sure is it's like oh you know you're gonna hit detective mode and it's gonna tell you what to look at can't take it, it it's still a very good game a lot of fun i i was a little bit disappointed that they had a rated m uh rating for that game because the other ones were rated t so i'm not sure why they had to change it but I noticed that that's a common theme with a lot of uh, games now is it's very few are still, I don't know, kid-friendly, I guess you could say. I wonder how much of that would be down to the Batmobile edition because, I mean, the Batmobile in Arkham Knight is effectively just a tank. So yeah. you drive around with this tank and you blow a lot of people up. So I wonder if the the direct like gun violence of controlling that like I wonder how much that impacted the decision to have it be M as opposed to T. Probably had a big part to do, yeah. 
Because there is no way you can say, oh yeah, the people in that tank, they're probably fine. No, they no they're are, dead. They're roasted, yeah. And they also, the other thing with M is it allows you to have darker subplots. True. Which you can't necessarily explore in a rated T game, but would exist theoretically in a in a Batman universe. So yeah. you have a lot more creative freedom when you can get darker, um, but like you were saying, at what cost? So it... it shrinks your audience a little bit in that sense um but at the same time i mean shout out to to one of your previous games arkham city is still so good it is and it's been like arkham city and arkham asylum were remastered for return to arkham and i still have i have actually all three of those games installed on my hard drive right now so i mean i could go back today and just start replaying the arkham games yeah and I would, because they're all... Actually, I replayed Arkham Asylum last year. So, they're all wonderful games. Did you have any Xbox One games that... Specific just to Xbox One? Specific just to Xbox One um, is really tricky. Exclusive, I can't. I, I can't remember if this was an Xbox One game or if it started as a 360 game. But uh, Titanfall. I think Titanfall might have started as a 360 game. Um, it was originally Xbox exclusive, and then when Titanfall 2 came out, uh, it was available on the PS4. So I had a roommate uh, after college who had a who had an Xbox One, so I would watch him play a lot of Titanfall. And the mechanics of it with the Titans, the advanced movement, the the guns were all still pretty balanced. It played really, really well. So I feel like the first Titanfall is really underrated. Um, I feel like the second, like, I feel like Titanfall 2 is egregiously underrated. So I definitely want to, definitely want to shout out the Titanfall franchise. Um, and then I hate doing this because I, I hate that you and I have talked about how much we, um, despise this game, but the, the impact of gaming on a broader scale that, uh, Fortnite had, I feel like we cannot, <laughs> we cannot Taking the world by storm. So... The, the impact that it had with the, the BR genre, the Battle Royale genre, um, the, the scope of its impact. Like, you have people like Ninja who get famous for playing this game and then started, like, he was on uh, The Masked Singer. He has, like, a Red Bull sponsorship. Like, he, he became a celebrity as a video game streamer, largely because of Fortnite and its popularity. So, um, I feel like to, to not acknowledge that in this list would be, um, a mistake. So I hate the game personally. I've uninstalled it from my, from my console. I will never play it again. Same here. But the importance of it on gaming cannot be understated. The impact that it's had on society is something that is something to applaud i guess you could say well it was one of the it was one of the first games at its peak to become cross-platform yeah so like we were talking about we played um call of duty's new battle royale Warzone, which is a free download we played it together last night and jay is on xbox and i'm on playstation but call of duty has cross-platform now and i mean meg was talking to me last night because i was telling her and she was like, oh, you know, how many games have that? And even still, it's not very many. 
No, so, it, and usually it is battle royale type of games. So it's um, Fortnite. I think Apex Legends is one. I don't think it it's does. not. I don't think it does. Oh, if, yeah? if it does, and I don't know, I'm going to be really upset because I mean Apex Legends is respawn. So it's the same people who did Titanfall. It's the same mechanics as Titanfall, except without the, you know, Titans. So it's still the right. same movement. It's the same... It's a lot of the same guns. Um, and then the Legends are... The Legend abilities are super cool. I love a lot of things about Apex Legends. Um, but to my knowledge, it is not cross-platform. If it is, I'm going to be very upset, because I would play it so much more. <laughs> But yeah, so very few. And so it does make you wonder, like, is this going to become more of a common thing? You know, because there's been games like we've talked about, like, um, uh, you know, Activision ha- is a is a cross-platform uh, company. And so they have, like, uh, the Wildlands. You know, we've talked about Tom Clancy's Wildlands. And those are, you've those mentioned... are Ubisoft, by the way. Oh, Ubisoft. Yeah. Sorry. Not um, to, and you, not to be that you guy, have mentioned but... that, um, you know, there's a few levels that you've had that you've struggled to complete because you can't get anybody to play with you on these levels. And I'm like, man, it's a shame that that's not a cross platform because then you and I could go ahead and do it together, you know, and finish those levels together. Um, but yeah, so it is interesting how how all that has has really changed the gaming world um but since you had a bonus one i thought i would drop this little bonus and that's middle earth shadow of mordor i don't know if you ever played that but that was one of those games it's like lord of the rings assassin's creed it is and it was one of those games that i got and started playing had extremely low expectations for and it ended up being one of my most favorite games to play. Um, I never played the sequel. Um, I've heard it's very long, the sequel is. But the first one is a lot of fun. So if that's one that you want to pick up and play, I highly recommend it. So I have, actually, I have two different friends. Um, one, the roommate that I had before who played Titanfall, he would play it. He, lo- he played every Assassin's Creed game. and He played Shadow of Mordor. And I want to say he tried to... I think he might have 100%ed it. Um, and then I have another friend who I used to work with who is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Um, so he would play it from the Lord of the Rings fan perspective. And he was like, man, I love this game. This game's really good. So from a from an expectation standpoint of playing it like an Assassin's Creed game or from a from a lore standpoint, from a content standpoint, in that sense, um, it plays very well. So I definitely agree with the with the shout out there. And I think I think it might have got game of the year. So it would have a game of the year edition with all of its uh, DLC. So you could buy everything all at once. And like you're saying, because there's a sequel, um, you could probably get a get a bundle with the first game for for pretty cheap now. Well. That was an extensive list. Yeah, I had a, I had was a lot. lot. Of, I had a lot of fun. Well, I mean, I'm known for having opinions on things, so um, gaming is something that I'm super passionate about. I'm not surprised that uh, some of my opinions got to be kind of long-winded. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed our thoughts and feelings on different games. Um, 
one of the reasons why this was a good thing to talk about this week is just because everybody is kind of locked up inside and can't really go anywhere. Um, so something that you can do is explore some of these games, maybe some of these older games, um, especially for those that might have younger kids. Uh, highly recommend the older side scroller games. Uh, you really can't go wrong with it or go wrong with those. Rather, they are a lot of fun uh, and something that the whole family can enjoy. But did you have any final thoughts before we close up? I actually did. Uh, I realized you were saying games that you could you could try try to play right now. The free game, um, I think, until the first Tuesday in April, so the day after the episode releases on PlayStation, is Shadow of the Colossus Remaster, which was a really, really, really good game on PS2 that I did not mention. So uh, if you listen to this episode on release day and have PS Plus, um, grab Shadow of the Colossus while you can. Um, because it's it's supposed to be one of the one of the better games from a previous era, so uh, I I neglected to say that and now I am so very good. I hope everybody enjoyed. This was given to us. Uh, the idea for this episode was given to us by a fan of the show. He wrote in, emailed us, told us some stuff that he thought might be a good idea. So we went ahead and ran with it. So thank you. You know who you are. Um, but if you yourself have anything, any ideas that you have for the show or any thoughts or questions or anything, we would love to hear from you. So John, how do they reach us? Well, Jay, um, they could reach out to us in the same way that, uh, this list, I almost said viewer, um, that this listener did, which is, uh, he sent us an email at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Uh, or you could reach out to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Or uh, if you wanted to leave us an audio message, you could reach us at our anchor page at anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us. You can also follow me on Instagram. The nerd is underscore in. And I think John has a Twitch that you can follow as well. I do. Um, I'm technically on call. For, for this first full week of April at work, so I'll be at home most of the week, hopefully. Um, and I'm going to hope to try to knock out a lot, of, uh, a lot of campaign stuff for games that I haven't played before. So uh, right now it's looking like the Uncharted games, uh, Spider-Man, Borderlands, Bioshock, Arkham Knight. So uh, if any of those interest you, you could uh, head over to twitch.tv slash J-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. 8332 uh feel free to hang out um typically have a good little a good little time there so um yeah those are where you could reach us as a pod and us individually so we would love to love to hear from you in any of those uh available avenues one more thing if you don't mind for us personally we would really love it if you could like our page, like our podcast, maybe give us a rating or a review, and please share it with your friends. Share it with those that have the same passions as you do. Uh, we are nerds. We love nerdy content, and so anything that we can get our hands on or talk about, you will hear about on this podcast. So until then, we will see you in two weeks, and nerd out. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can also reach us on our social media. Our newly created Facebook account, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. While you're there, uh, feel free to like our posts, follow our page, and share our content with your friends. We'd love to have you. Check back with us in two weeks to hear more ramblings and opinions from your new favorite podcast.